Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, November 29, 2022. Today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 55, uh, 45, the second paragraph. Well, that's what this, that's exactly what this book is about, going through that one paragraph, ending in neatly evaded or entirely ignored, unpacking that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you to Team Tuesday for the month of November. You are greatly appreciated. Vanessa G, Dara L, Kathy S, Gloria B, Stacy H, Newcomer Greeter Susan S H, and the host for the second awesome unrecorded hour, Matt J F. The reference IDs for yesterday, Monday, November 28, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,682, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 19,000. 683. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At our vision for you big book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Gloria B. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Gloria. Gloria B., press star one to unmute, please. Sorry, sorry, I was just a talking. <laughs> okay, Gloria B. and Siri, uh, 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made less of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
Ken continued to take personal inventory and then we were wrong for a little bit. Eleven thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service this month. Have a great day. Thank you so much, Gloria. I will now ask for Stacy H. to please read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Stacy. Okay, these are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for allowing me to do service this month. Thank you so much, Stacey H. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 45 in the chapter We Agnostics, the second paragraph starting with, well, that's exactly what this book is about. And Vanessa G. is going to get us started. Go ahead, Vanessa. Can't wait. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. This is Vanessa G. Recovered in New Mexico. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. 
Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book, which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. For we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. So um, I was raised by parents who um, taught me how to pray every day. Um, I went to 12 years of Catholic school. I attended, I don't know how many masses and prayed many rosaries. And um, I even heard firsthand um, stories of miracle um, healings in my family. And um, when I was a teenager, I attended prayer meetings. I spoke in tongues. I saw visions. None of that mattered. When at the wise old age of 17, I made a decision. I decided all of it was a product of man's mind. I developed easy, non-divine explanations for everything. And then I stopped living as if there were as a God. Until I ended up sitting in my car, outside my first meeting, looking for a solution to my problem. I remember saying out loud, God, please get me in there. And then I opened the car door, got out and went in. That was my first prayer in over 12 years, and although I didn't know it at the time, it was the start of a new relationship with God that gave me the power to walk into that first meeting, the power to keep coming back, and eventually the power to get through the steps. As I sat in those first few meetings listening, I made a new decision. Unlike the hubris of my earlier decision not to believe, This time, there was no certainty at all. My decision this time was simply to pray whether or not any power greater than me existed. And although it's a little bit embarrassing to admit it now, I started with the now I lay me down to sleep prayer because it was the only prayer I could remember. But it was enough to access the power to ask someone to sponsor me and the power to be willing to do as I was told. And what I was told was simple to follow the directions in this book. As I followed directions, I continued to pray. I prayed the third step. I prayed for the power to write a fourth step. I prayed for the power to share a fifth step. And I prayed throughout steps six, seven, and eight for the power that enabled me to face and shoulder my responsibilities in step nine. Taking the steps required me to pray for the ability to do what I had never been able to do before begin to live with integrity, honesty, responsibility, and a true desire to be of service. Today, I pray for the ability to continue this way of life in steps 10, 11, and 12. I've heard it said that we are the luckiest people in the world to be given this opportunity to carry the message contained in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, to really make a difference in other people's lives. I think that's true. I know that My own life has been saved more than once by my fellows who carried the message of this book to me. I pray for the power to constantly return the favor by carrying the same message to others, enabling them to find a power greater than themselves 
that will solve their problem. Thank you for letting me be a server this morning, and I passed. Wow, thank you so much, Vanessa G. What a great way to get us started. Okay, we're now going to take names of people who would like to share on what was read. Friendly reminder, if you've shared in the last couple of days, namely um, Monday or Friday, we ask that you step aside and let others share their experience and strength, strength and hope today so that everyone gets a chance. Who would like to share? John M. Okay, we got a bunch of distortion there. Um, John, I got John M. and I think Kelly S. Harlan G. And that's it. Harlan, I got Harlan. Barbara E. Melissa C. Janet B. E. Melissa. Did you get Melissa? Tina S. Got Melissa. I got Tina. Andy. And I got Janet. B. Okay, I can. Abby. Okay, Abby. Okay, we're going to hold there. Christina J. Abby, initial. Okay, well, we can get it. All right, so I've got, all righty, John M., Kelly S., Harlan G., Barbara E., Melissa C., Tina S., Janet B., Christina J., and Abby. All righty, let's go. John M., you are up. Grab the mic. John M from okay. South John M from from South Carolina. Uh, as I read that paragraph, I recognize that I didn't really seek to turn my will over to God until I was led to OA. And this, despite uh, uh, being into God for a half century and arrogantly feeling that I had God uh, all figured out and he was in my corner and so forth and so on. But turning your will over to God is, is the true sign that you have arrived and you are growing in your relationship with him. Otherwise, it's just intellectual. It's not a spiritual foundation. And that was uh, a, an eye-opener for me. But I. Um, have recognized that I did not have that step and I'm still working on that step. And I'm not going to, you know, go to the next step until I, I feel like I've really got this one. You know, uh, two comes after one. I'm still on one. So when I get one, then I'll move on to two. I'm, I'm not anxious anymore about progress in this movement. I hear people that have been struggling for decades. So I'm not going to compare myself to others and berate myself for not progressing fast enough and all the rest of that crap, which is only uh, a lack of self-confidence, a lack of self-will uh, to better myself. We're always looking for a way out not to do anything. We are just lazy by nature, it seems. So. Um, even though it seems like this is a grumpy testimony, it's actually not. I am growing in the uh, love and in the movement and uh, really happy to be here and love my fellow OA family. That's it. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. John M. from South Carolina. Kelly S., you're up, followed by Harlan G. Go ahead, Kelly. Hey. Hey, Amy. Thanks for your service. Hey, guys. It's Kelly S., recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, so let's see. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. Wait, what? That's what this book is about? I was around here for decades. How did I miss that? I'm like, I know we've been talking about it. Yesterday was brought up about this, you know, being the thesis of this whole book. And maybe it's because I never really studied this book in order like it was meant to be. And I know I never really read Reagnostic, so there you go. But like, really, the main object is enable me to find a power greater than myself. I thought it was to stop eating. I thought it was to stop binging and purging. I thought it was to get to my normal body weight. I'm telling you guys, until 2000 and I think 13 when I started listening to Vision, I had never heard this. And I've been in these rooms for 40 years this year. Okay, well, 40 years in February. So still, that's a long freaking time to not understand the message, right? And so it says, to find a power greater than myself to solve my problem. What's my problem? The paragraph previously, lack of power, right? And, you know, there's a couple women on this meeting, on this uh, call today who are going to share that I really got that message to me. You know, it's not about lack of, of choice. It's lack of power. I've wanted it for all these years. I just didn't understand. I thought this God thing, you know, I mean, I knew there was God in the steps. I'm not stupid, right? I thought this God thing was just to get me abstinent, get me sober, get me from being bulimic, you know, and I got that. But I didn't understand. I had it all backwards, really. I'm putting down the food. I'm putting down the behaviors to get to God, right? And it said in the previous paragraph, how and where are we to find this power? Well, it's not in this book. It's not in these steps. These are all just things to get me to God. That's why I have to work. The 12 steps said, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of working these steps, which means I have to do the work. The steps lead me to God. The book leads me to God. They're not the solution. The tools, all those things are wonderful, but I didn't understand. I had a goal of being abstinent, a goal of being not bulimic, or, you know, being abstinent, a goal of being thin. The goal is to have this power in my life. This capital P, you know, so I'm no longer turning to these other little P's to seek ease and comfort. I wasn't finding anyway, right? So I'm doing all this work today with a different, different attitude, a different frame. I'm looking for this relationship to, so that I can solve my problem, my lack of power in every freaking area of my life, not just with food. Grateful today. Took me a while to get the message. Grateful I have it and I'm living in recovery that I passed. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kelly. Grateful to have you here, too. Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where Kelly's from. And now, my friend Harlan, please go ahead. It's your turn. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for your service. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. The thesis line of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous was read this morning here. It says, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power, capitalized, greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. As Kelly just said, we just heard Kelly say, I would have thought when I first picked up this book that the main object of this book is to get me thin. The main object of this book is to get an alcoholic sober. And that's not true. 
It's to help me find a power greater than myself. Chuck Chamberlain said many times, Chuck Chamberlain of AA said, there's really only one character defect, and that is conscious separation from God. But the book tells me, obviously, but my dilemma is lack of power. Now, let's see this thesis line, if it's consistent through the book, when I go back to page XIII forward to the first edition, in the very first paragraph of this book, it says to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Is that consistent? Yes, it is. I go to page 20 in the chapter, there is a solution. And on page 20, it says, Excuse me. It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. What questions? What do I have to do to recover? Now, remember that we're in step two. And the word of step two, sanity, is not the word sobriety or abstinence. It's sanity. Sane people do not destroy themselves with food or alcohol or whatever. Fill in the blank. Sane people... Do not treat themselves like garbage cans. Sane people treat others as they would want to be treated. So the main object of this book is to help me find a power greater than myself which will solve my problem. And if that's the main object of this book, it better be the main object of my life. It better be the main object of my life or I'm in trouble. Because if I'm going to seek abstinence or sobriety or whatever before my relationship with God, I've got it backwards. Abstinence is the ticket in the door. We hear people say all the time, abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. That's great for them. For me, the most important thing in my life without exception is my relationship with God. In order to get in the door of that relationship, I have to be abstinent. Abstinence is my prerequisite, not my ultimate goal, as this, excuse me, as this paragraph tells me. I'm out of time, so thanks, Amy. With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Harlan. All right, Harlan from Scottsdale, Arizona. All right, we've got Barb E. followed by Melissa C. And before we get Going here just for a reminder for those who might have come in a little bit late. Uh, we're on page 45, the second paragraph. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. All righty, Barbara E., you are up. Please go ahead. Wow, wow, wow. This is Barbara E., as you said, from New Jersey. Uh, I love that opening share. I loved everyone that followed it. I'm so grateful for being mm-hmm. here. Uh, in fact, that whole paragraph gives me a feeling that, yes, I can do it. This is what this book is about. It's going to show me the way. I was looking for the way all through my life, but it was like holding my nose underwater. I couldn't find what I wanted to find. I didn't even know what it was. I didn't need to uh, find God. I found I just had to open my heart to it. And if I had a power... I would not have a dilemma, but I had no power and I had to accept it until the pain of what is was greater than the fear of what isn't. I'd never truly recover. I gained weight. I lost weight. I thought the 
all I needed to be sin, but that wasn't it. I had to surrender everything in my life. For me, today, God is not a religion. It's a relationship. Without that power that is not me, I will eat again. I don't want to give up what I want most for what I want in the moment. I have to follow this book, and I had to accept that, yes, I needed to find some kind of a higher power that isn't me and wasn't my refrigerator and stop giving up all my bad habits and being less selfish and self-centered and wanting to control everything. Because being here in a rehab facility, facility, excuse me, I have no control over everything. When they come in to take my blood pressure, when they come in to bring me my food or take me my medicine or go down to PT, I'm without control. I have to accept it. And the serenity prayer and the acceptance prayer and this beautiful program supports me. So yes, I had to be Remember that I couldn't be that starving donkey standing between two bales of hay and not knowing which way to go. And so that poor donkey starved. I don't want to be that poor starving donkey. I had to make the decision and turn towards the God that I didn't know was there. And yes, like the opening share, the only prayer I ever said was uh, lay me down to sleep. That was what I knew. But I am so grateful for this program that supports me and carries me through every decision in my life. And I've learned not to catastrophize through this program and learn not to worry about the future or bemoan the past. Today is today, and that's where I'm going to live. So grateful for the shares, so grateful for this program, so grateful, grateful, grateful. Thank you, I passed. Thank you so much, Barbara E. from New Jersey. Continued healing prayers your way. All right, Melissa C., you're up, followed by Tina S. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, yes, hi, good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, first of all, I'm so grateful to be a part of this meeting to just get to hear, you know, I start my day and I get this incredible lift up from from hearing people um, who share. Now, right, we're a part of a fellowship, and a fellowship is a group of people with a common mission, with a common focus, and we actually just found out what that is. It's to enable us to find a power, right, to enable us to form a relationship with God. And so, Fellowships are groups of people with that mission in mind. And yet, you know, like many of us, I came in, I just wanted to kind of get a little, I don't know, get a little ease and comfort off of fellowship. And when people spoke about God, yeah, my experience was like, ugh, you know, I, I was searching the book for the diet. And, you know, there really, there wasn't a diet in the book. And um, and I suffered a lot longer than I needed to because um, I thought like, like, so narrow-mindedly, I thought that my problem was weight, and I thought my problem was, I, you know, I eat too much, and help me not eat so much, and help me lose weight, and, you know, what's incredible is that that wasn't my problem, you know, my problem was, yes, I lacked power, you know, and my, my, my root, the root of what my real problem was is, I'm selfish, I'm extremely self-centered, and you know, I I 
came here and sometimes still come here thinking that my plan better come to fruition. Like, I've got to focus, and I need it to happen, right? And so what these 12 steps and what this text has taught me is that my one of my great problems is I think I'm God. You know, I think that I've got a plan, and it's best come. And what I've learned from these steps is I know very little. <laughs> I know so little, um, and that there is thankfulness. Thank God there is a power that has an incredible plan. I must believe that. I've got no other choice. I have to believe in, you know, a concept of a God for me that is all-powerful and all-loving. And and so when my little plans and designs don't work out, my solution, my real problem, you know, is, is to let go of my perspective, my little plans and designs. And these 12 steps, this text, has taught me that. And, like, as a great bonus, food is not a problem anymore, and neither is weight. Like, God took care of that. My goal was so small, <laughs> you know, I had no idea what was waiting for me. And um, just grateful, really grateful this morning to hear everybody. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. All right. Next up is Tina S., followed by Janet B. Go ahead, Tina. Thanks so much, Amy, for your service. Tina asked, recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, you know, what a great meeting. I'm not sure that I could add anything that wasn't already shared today, but, you know, this paragraph for me was certainly vital, you know. And, and initially when I got here and I read that, you know, that this, uh, the main object is to enable me to find a power greater than myself, which will solve your problem, I wasn't happy about that. Whether it was exactly what this book was about or not, you know, I, you know, I was raised Catholic. You know, I believed in a God. You know, I was so um, close-minded. You know, and I believed there was a God, but I believed that God was working in your life and probably not mine. You know, because I had to be somebody else, someplace else, in order for God to be working in my life. And finally, when I was beaten down enough to really read and study the text of. Alcoholics Anonymous, I was able, and I love that it says, you know, the main object is to enable, it makes me able to find this power, you know, and, and today I am so grateful that it, it's a book, you know, that's written to be spiritual. <laughs> Thank you, God, because that is what I need. And I love that it was talked about. I came here looking for the diet too. look through the book, wasn't there, you know, but today, you know, I am free, you know. And I, I love that it was also shared, you know, I'm abstinent. You know, that was the prerequisite for finding this power, you know, because if I was still in the food, I wasn't looking for any other God except for myself. But today, you know, it's just a gift. It's just a gift that I do this thing one day at a time. I have this transformation that comes about through working with these 12 steps daily, you know, what am I doing today for my recovery? What am I doing today so that I can be in a, a relationship with with my God and to do his works. What am I doing today? And that's why, you know, I show up usually every morning on this meeting, you know, to get started. You know, first I pray, but then I show up, you know, because I'm suiting up and I'm showing up. I'm here to be of maximum service. And, and, and it's a gift. And the bonus, which was already talked about, is what I get is I'm free today of this food obsession and of the weight. And I live free. And with that, I'll pass. Looking forward to the rest of the shares. Thanks. 
Thanks so much, Tina S. from Florida. Alrighty, we've got Janet B. followed by Christina J. Janet, please go ahead. Good morning, everyone. This is Janet B. I'm recovered from compulsive eating in New Jersey. So yeah, it tells me right off the bat, lack of power, that was our dilemma. Um, that's really helpful for me to see because I spent my first seven years in OA binging. Um, sometimes I couldn't even make it to lunch. And people would say to me about me, oh, you just don't want it badly enough, as if lack of desire was my problem. I mean, we would never tell someone with cancer, oh, if your cancer cells are still multiplying, you must not have the desire. The problem, obviously, is lack of power. Um, or I thought maybe I didn't understand enough, lack of knowledge. I didn't know, you know, what, I don't know, have a right food plan or know exactly what to do. But that wasn't the problem either, lack of power. So really comforting to hear that beautiful line, the main object of the book, is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. So it's like I think, well, what if I say, okay, I know I need power, but I don't believe in God, or I'm not sure God exists, or like me, I was a practical atheist. God existed, but he was like a genie in the bottle to come out when I needed him and then just go back and leave me alone. But this power greater than myself, which will solve my problem, that gives me a few clues about what the God that this big book talks about is like. If this power, this God is going to solve my problem, he's got to be smart because I have two master's degrees and I couldn't figure out how to do it at all. It's got to be strong because this illness is stronger than I am. So this power had to be stronger than both me and the illness. And most important, this power had to care about me. Otherwise, why would he bother trying to solve my problem? So a God who is smart, strong, and cares about me, that's a God that I can give my life to. And for me, it wasn't enough to just believe and treat him like Santa Claus and give him my list. I had to surrender. I had to say, God, I've always thought I knew what you were like and how to worship you. I'm willing to admit I was all wrong and let you show me what you're like and how to worship you, and then to start living a life of integrity. And when I did that, God removed the food obsession, like, like um, I, don't, I can't even describe it. It's like one minute it was there, I was shoving bagel chips down my throat behind a locked bathroom door. I became willing to do the work instead of prayer, and then it was gone, and it has stayed gone. And I believe by God's grace, it will stay gone as long as I just keep surrendering to him and his will. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Janet B. from New Jersey. All right, Christina J., followed by Abby, and then we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Christina. Morning again, Amy. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. here in the state of North Carolina. Very grateful today. All the shares have been incredible. Oh, God bless us all on this journey as we try to figure it out, as we try to put two and two together. Especially in the beginning when I first came in the vision, I went through the steps and I did all the stuff. And uh, lack of power, uh, connecting to God, I didn't think that was a problem. I wasn't doing it yet. You know, a year and a half later, I went into relapse after relapse after relapse. It took me a long time for the 
for the mallet to come down, gently tapping me on my head and then on my heart as I had to connect the dots from my heart to my head to my soul to my life to find this power, to walk with this power, to be with this power, to go to this power that always was with me. I had spiritual moments throughout my life, and then I would happily go merrily on my way, and I would overeat when I got irritable, restless, and discontent. And then when I was on a diet, I would go shopping. And I remember standing on an elevator in Nordstrom's in California, excruciatingly lonely in the afternoon, and I wanted a cookie. I thought, I'm on this diet. I can't have a cookie. What am I going to do? Did I know to turn to God? No. I just kept shopping. My power was shopping. It was food. It was affairs. It was anything I could find to distract myself from the discomfort of my soul. This book has changed my life. You all have changed my life. One step at a time, doing the work. This time round, well, many times round, admitting that I don't have power and finding out what that power was that I thought I had I thought I had the power to control my life to do everything every thought that came into my head oh that must be God he's telling me to do this well, was my will forcing God out of the picture in my head you know it's surrender when the monsters come in whether it's about food or emotions or you're mad at your husband or you're mad at this what is the key surrender take a deep breath connect with your heart pause Don't feed the monster. That's been my gift. Turn away. Go do something different. Be of service to yourself or others. You know, my face did not fall when I read this chapter. In fact, I probably skimmed over it. Didn't put two and two together until, you know, the last few rounds. And slowly, it's been a deeper and deeper journey. And that's what it takes, a deeper and deeper walk. Do the steps, run out and start living your own life again. Uh, yeah, right, Christina. That doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're thin. Go show off in fancy clothes and dance around. Uh, that doesn't work either. That doesn't feed the monster. Uh, that doesn't feed the God inside. That doesn't feed my connection. i got to connect the dots daily with pauses, with prayer, with these steps, with you fellows, with sharing, with being of service. That's it. And there's hope for anyone out there listening You know, and the God thing, you know, put that aside if you don't believe in God. Just take the steps and connect with your heart and you'll find your way. It's a beautiful journey that's deeper and deeper and deeper to your true life, your true self, your true soul. And your power becomes something precious in your heart and your soul. And it's basically love. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. All right, Abby. You are up, and then we're going to take some more names. Good morning, everyone. This is Abby D. I'm recovered in Michigan today. Can I be heard? I have my earbuds in, and just want to make yep. sure I can. Okay, thank you exactly. so much. Oh, thank you so much for the shares this morning. It's good to be here. It's good to hear you all. Um, what stood out to me was, which was, uh, we will this means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral the word moral really stands out to me because it just reminds me of the consistent inventories that i've taken and i don't know what god is i can't describe it i've had different beliefs and views the last six years that i've been in oa um but 
I can really resonate with the part that says here difficulty arises with agnostics and what it the way that I connect to God is just getting in that calm space like that calm like when I'm in a frenzy I can't really I can't feel God and when I'm racing around like loud noises I sometimes I get like too excited like too elevated and when when I get back to that calm state that's when I connect with God and I feel that through inventories like I've been recovered for a little more than four years and um a while ago like when I was very first recovering like I was taught how to do a tenth step and there was this calm that came over me and that enabled me to get back to reality and I'm a teacher and so it just it reminds me of in the classroom like we have meditation after lunch because the kids come back and it's very like they're like ramped up from recess and all these social problems and um it gives me kind of like a jolt of anxiety when I pick them up from recess because it's like so much energy but then I put on meditation music and put turn the lights off and for five minutes like everyone's in their seats and just like coming back down and that to me is God like God is in the room and I can't say God I can't talk about religious things um because I work in a public school but like this is a way that I deal with my emotions now like I never had I never had before program a way to like come down from that heightened level of anxiety and emotions and um and I'm grateful for that today and I can't always do a 10 step right in the middle of the day but I can do certain techniques and practices that bring me back down to the level of calm. So I don't know what God is or like how to describe it. And everyone's got their own views, but it's all that like that calmness that comes from doing the steps. And um, I too found God through the steps. Like I didn't know what God was and still don't but I just continually practice the steps I stay abstinent and I practice the steps and um and I'm so grateful for neutrality especially around the holidays um especially as a teacher I'm thinking about something okay thanks so much you know just with the parties and stuff so I'm so grateful thanks for letting me share I hope everyone has a good day and a pass Thank you so much, Abby D. from Michigan. Okay, everyone, friendly reminder, we're on page 45, the second paragraph. So we could probably take uh, three or four more shares. Who would like to share? Hello, this is Pamela Sarah from Pennsylvania. W-H. Okay, I got Pamela, and that's all I got. The rest of it did not read come through for me. Sarah L. Red Red L. L. Red L. Red L. Okay. David M. David M. Okay, I can probably take one more. I've got Pamela, Loretta, David. Anita. Anita. Lisa N. Anita L. Lisa N. I'll put you in there, but I don't know. We will see. We'll do our best. That's fine. All right, so I've got, thank you. We've got Pamela, Loretta, David, Anita, and Lisa. All right, Pamela, please go ahead. Hello. Hi. My name Hello. Hi. My name is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. So when I 
when I read that, I just feel like, um, you know, recovery is everything. And um, I, um, during the holiday, uh, I think got off base a little bit. Um, I was doing good, but I think the pressure, the sociable people around and certain food, I wouldn't use a scene. And I saw nibbling, so I gained some weight. I gained like four, three, four pounds within a week. And now I'm losing again. I've been trying to get my program back on base. Um, and it's your wheel with this disease. It could take one compulsive bite, and your whole brain is up back in that mindset. And so I, um, that was. It's, it's one, another danger is laxative. Although I had stomach problems many years, binging, purging, um, the laxative could be a little addictive. So now what I'm doing um, today, I want to start that I did miss my first meeting because I was a little sleepy. I would wait a lot earlier. So now um, I listen to some of this meeting. I'm going to listen to the whole meeting when they record the number comes. I did go, you know, get back on base. I do need a sponsor. It's sometimes hard fit a sponsor or is the, is the sponsor not or flexible enough for um my the schedule. That's the thing I worry about. But I do need to make more pro, uh, program calls. I'm definitely going to do that today. It's never too late to start over again. This is your life, and this disease could take your life. So it's that important. So I'm, I did thank God for visiting for you because it's a great meeting with a lot of recovery. And I just feel thankful that God hadn't give up on none of us. He never going to give up on me or none of us. And you just keep coming back, work the program like your life depends on it. And, you know, recovery around the corner. And for that, I pass. Thank you. Let me share. Thank you so much, Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Friendly reminder, at the end of the second hour, uh, we do avail opportunity for people to give their names looking for sponsors or sponsors that are available. So have at it. All righty, Loretta H., you're up, followed by David M. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Amy. I always love your enthusiasm. And everybody on this line, along with my precious God, who saves my life every day, uh, Loretta H. Recovered in North Carolina. Um, I came in as agnostic, uh, but uh, I was desperate and dying. And uh, the God I did, did finally work. As somebody else shared, and I love the other shares, I still don't understand God, but I stand under him, and i learned that through the work I know God N-O not N-O-K-N-O and without the work I have no God because that's how it says on 158 when he found himself he found God and that's how I have um, uh, transcended this program into my being and I consider, and this is probably controversial, but I consider my abstinence spiritual and my food plan is a tool. In fact, I just finished texting my food plan for today. I 
instead of for many 24 hours. But what I was doing was, and this is because I'm also anorexic, I was spiritually starving, and that is why I used that part of the disease, which for me was much more powerful than the food is. I, 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 I still get a high off of it. If I think about it, which I have not used it in close to 22 years, but it still is alluring to me. And I have a spiritual malady, so I always have to understand that the only solution for me is to find the God of my understanding and then to work the steps through whatever problem I am working on. And with that, I can actually get a spiritual solution because my problem and my why I eat is spiritual. So I always have to remember that um, God is the only answer to all of this, but I need to get unblocked with him with 10, 11, and 12 every day. And I've been working the steps. Last year I worked them four times because I had a um, problem that I could not solve. God finally solved it for me. But uh, it's only through these steps did I find God and I found myself. And so I am so grateful uh, that I have this program and you and my God, precious as he is, has saved my life too. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Loretta H. from North Carolina. David M., you are up, followed by Anita L. David, please go ahead. Hi, uh, David, uh, David M., um, food addict. Uh, yeah, um, I've, I've grown up Catholic. Um, I feel like, um, you know, this, this, this student's problem is, uh, really helps me get, get closer to my, my higher power. Um, it's, you know, um, something where I, you know, I, to, I need to depend on him every day. Every day I go to work. I need to depend on on him because I never know what's going to pop up in that pop up in that break room at work. Somebody's going to bring in some kind of food item or donuts or whatever or snacks, and and every day I have to go in that break room. Every day I have to depend on my higher power in my life to 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 um, be healthy and to be sober. And and it's you know it's a it's an amazing thing to have the steps to have this meeting every day to have a great sponsor to go through the steps and um yeah and uh, to have just you know each day you know i get rescued from my higher power and i'm so grateful for it and uh grateful for i have a loving wife who's also an oa what you trust it's like i'm not you know i have fellows i have Supportive wife, I have my my higher power, and that just I'm just so grateful for that. And um, and uh, yeah, with that I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, David. And all right, Anita L, you are up. We might have time for Lisa. I don't know. We'll see how we go. Anita, please go ahead. Good morning. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. This is Anita L. from outside 
of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I'm just sitting here. Uh, the sun is coming in my window, and I'm feeling filled with light and love and peace. This meeting is so beautiful. Every share this morning was just incredible, and it teaches me how to get to the solution by finding a power greater than myself. And for years, for decades, I tried to do it my way, and it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I just want to put out there for people who are new to uh, OA, to this meeting, this phone line, people who are struggling, relapsing, whatever. I was one of you many, many times relapsing. And I feel like finally, finally, and it's just by keep coming back because I kept going to the answer, which is higher power, that finally I was willing to have, I guess, a complete surrender. I I, I don't know. But God has granted me such a gift. You guys, I really feel like there's no turning back. I have found the solution. It is being one with my higher power. And last night even, I said to my son, when he said something kind of crazy, I thought, you know, maybe meditate on it, and then the answer may come to you intuitively. And I'm so grateful that those words came out of my mouth. It's only because I'm practicing spiritual actions daily. So if it can work for me, it can work for anybody, believe me. And this is the answer. Keep coming back and keep listening, and it will come. That's what I want to share. Have a beautiful day. I pass. Thank you so much, Anita L. from Pennsylvania. Lisa Ann, you've got about a minute if you'd like to share. Fabulous. Thank you so much, and thank you for your service. Everybody, you guys were amazing today. And, you know, I have a new sponsee, and I think she's listening this morning. And so I realized I can't, can't just help her alone. I need all of you, and um, my higher power, God, is orchestrating it all. It's not me. It's him or my that being. Um, and I just... I'm so grateful. And if you're a newcomer or if you picked up this week and you feel bad about yourself, remember, it isn't you who has the power. We are powerless. Just take the hand of your higher power. Find the higher power. The power the, that power is available to all of us if we want it. And let the higher power guide you in this program. Uh, I was guided, and thank goodness I was. And I was guided to this meeting. Thank goodness I was. Because I was struggling for a while, and this meeting really made a difference. So thank you, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Lisa N. All right, wow, what a great meeting, everyone! Thanks to all of you all who shared, and please join us for an awesome continuing on our second hour of study. Immediately following the closing of this meeting. The share ID for today, Tuesday, November 29, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 19,685. That's 19685. 
We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Dara L., could you please read a vision for you for us? Oh, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. I live in Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.